The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about what your mindset should be, in my opinion, if you're living with a chronic condition. Just to be clear, I'm talking about mild to moderate cases, not severe cases. That's a whole other animal. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, Being newly diagnosed with a chronic condition, uh, for example, an autoimmune disorder, it's scary. It's probably the first time in your life you've been told, essentially, that your body is malfunctioning in some way. Oh, and no one really knows why exactly either. Yeah, they, they're working on it, they have hypotheses, they're researching it. But bottom line, in most cases, there's no cure. Hence, it's chronic. Even with ulcerative colitis, which I have, um, short of surgical removal of the colon, there's no real cure. Again, they're working on it. It's a very complicated disease, by the way. But anyway, so I've been monitoring online health support groups for the better part of 10 years now. And many times I read things like, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to beat this thing. Now, what's interesting about how they say that they're talking as if it's some thing, some entity that's working against them, playing havoc with their health. But it's not a thing. It's your body, right? To me, the diagnosis simply puts a name to what your body is telling you, but it's your body talking to you. So I see this as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and own it, not fight it per se. And for the same reason, I don't like the term disorder either uh, when it comes to chronic conditions triggered by stress, because it insinuates that our bodies are made to withstand high levels of stress. And if it can't, well, that's dysfunctional. And that needs to be treated and a cure needs to be found. And I'm not saying doctors actually believe this, but I think the term disorder perpetuates this idea that there's something wrong with how our body operates and calling that the disorder versus maybe something with our lifestyle, specifically overdoing it. And I realize there's a very uh, specific medical definition of the word disorder. I get that. And again, I want to be clear. I'm only talking about mild to moderate cases, not severe cases. So let's talk about some ways you could be overdoing it. Perhaps you've been worried about something lately. Well, that's equivalent to a leaky faucet, you know. It just drains your energy slowly but surely. It actually does take energy to worry. Uh, or maybe you're only getting six and a half hours of sleep a night because you're, you know, you're trying to squeeze more in, so you're getting less sleep. And the quality of that sleep may not be great either. And by the way, your stress level may be through the roof and you don't even know it due to a concept called creeping normalcy. You see, little by little, as we mature, we graduate from school, get married, have kids, buy a house, take on more responsibility at work. By the way, I'm not generalizing, am I? (laughs) Maybe just a little. Okay, well, we don't all fit that mold, but my point is that there's a certain amount of pressure and responsibility that comes with those types of life events. But it builds up so gradually over the years that you might not realize just how much stress you may be experiencing. 
And that's just under normal circumstances. We're living through a pandemic, which doesn't help matters. And speaking of not realizing how much stress you may be experiencing, one of the many benefits of monitoring your chronic stress levels is that it provides an objective measurement of your chronic stress. And I'll get back to that in just a bit, um, but I want to switch gears a little and talk about how to deal with people around you when you have an autoimmune disorder or other so-called invisible condition, because it could be very frustrating to communicate what you're going through on the inside when you appear healthy on the outside. So if you're in a flare or you've been working hard and you feel a little run down and you know from experience you need to rest because you're at higher risk of triggering a flare and a friend just happens to ask you for a favor uh, that requires some of your time and energy, you may want to say no or worse, break a commitment you already made to that person. Or maybe it's a business trip or a family event out of town um, you're supposed to go to. Well, there's logistics involved there, right? Making travel plans, packing, buying gifts maybe, preparing a speech or a presentation maybe. And that, on top of all your regular stuff, might just add enough stress to trigger a flare. When it comes to family functions especially, you face a real dilemma because on the one hand, you don't want to miss whatever it is, right? Not to mention disappoint your family. But on the other hand, you want to take care of yourself and not knowingly trigger a flare. That's really frustrating when you know what you have to do to take care of yourself and you go against your better judgment and then flare up. But it can be a catch-22 as well because if you decide to skip the event, whatever it is, well, that puts you on the defensive of having to explain yourself, which ironically adds more stress and you could flare up that way. But here's the thing. The reality is that your friends, family, coworkers, they all have to take your word that your health is the reason for you saying no or breaking a commitment, and you look healthy. Now, some will take you at your word for sure, but some will start to wonder, you know, if you're just using that as an excuse and you're really being selfish and mean and uncaring, especially if it happens more than once. And I guarantee you, they'll start trying to pressure you or give you a guilt trip. Bottom line, this becomes an accountability issue. I've read plenty of posts online and talked to enough people to note that it's not uncommon that even a significant other may start to seem disinterested or indifferent or insensitive to your needs and how you feel mentally and physically. It's It's a really tough position to be in. So what to do? Well, first of all, be patient. Try to see things from their viewpoint because you can't expect everyone to understand right away exactly what you're going through and, and just accept that you're, you're going to miss things and, and, and say more, uh, say no more often. They, they may have never heard of your condition. They don't really know what you're going through, what kind of pain you get, when you get it, what the side effects uh, are of any medications you're taking, uh, etc. And you might say, well, they can Google it. Like I like I did when I was diagnosed. And that's true, they can do that, but still you have to be patient and make a good faith effort to communicate your situation. Uh, And in a minute, I'm going to explain an effective way to do that. And even that's not going to help with everyone, but most people will come around and understand your situation and not give you a hard time going forward, but it will take time in most cases. The other thing you want to do is be sure you're making the right decision, whatever it is. Because if you decide to skip an event, especially a family one, the pressure and the guilt trips are coming your way, just saying. And if you're not 100% sure you're making the right decision, 
you're going to start second guessing yourself. And that's never a good thing because you're just causing more strife for yourself and everyone else involved. And you should be accountable to yourself anyway, right? From a time management standpoint, what trade-offs you're making and ultimately understanding the series of events and decisions that lead up to how you feel on any given day. So how do you make sure that you're making the right decision? Well, they say knowledge is power, right? So you want to make data-driven decisions. Remember a couple minutes ago, I mentioned that one of the many benefits of chronic stress monitoring is that it provides an objective measurement of your stress. This is very important because while you certainly want to be cautious not to trigger a flare, you also don't want to be overly cautious so as to overreact uh, to a point where you disrupt your life unnecessarily. So if you've been using mystressalarm.com long enough that you have your threshold number, which takes at least 60 days, but it'll fly by, but could be longer too, uh, if certain conditions aren't met, you know, what's the point of giving you a number that's unreliable? But once you have that number, you'll know how close you are to triggering symptoms on any given day. Now, of course, as I always say, it's not an exact science. So just because you may technically be under your threshold number doesn't guarantee you won't flare up. So you'll want to give yourself some wiggle room, some cushion to absorb unexpected events that come up, as well as tasks that you may have underestimated. But what you ultimately decide to commit to or not is totally your call. But at least you have data to help make informed decisions. It definitely helps in making tough calls like pushing back important tasks or skipping a special event and doing so with confidence that you're not being overly cautious or lazy or mean or overreacting. It even helps better justify the cost of treatments like acupuncture, not to mention help book them in a timelier fashion to maximize the benefits. Or you may decide to stay the course, even if you're approaching your threshold. And I've talked about why you may want to do that uh, in a previous episode. An interesting option that you have with mystressalarm.com is that if you feel comfortable you can show people your dashboard, which gives them a window into what you're going through on the inside, If again, if you feel comfortable. And I allude to this option in the uh, explainer video on the website, uh, the part where Mary is explaining to her son uh, that she can't take him to a sleepover. Again, it's not going to help with everybody, and ultimately it's your decision to make, and people need to respect that. And there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, getting back to deciding whether or not to attend a family uh, function. Some people feel that, you know, short of a family emergency, it makes no sense to knowingly put yourself at higher risk of getting sick, while others believe that if the event is part of your life goals, for example, seeing your child get married, then it's worth the risk of additional suffering and the treatment costs should you get sick or more sick. Just understand that no one can expect you to be perfect, and the people who truly care about you will not question your motives uh, should you decide, uh, decide at the last minute not to attend something. Support groups, online, offline, are another excellent way to get different perspectives uh, from people going through the same challenges. And also a life coach or a health coach can really help as well. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. 
Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.